Hello, everyone. Welcome. Good day. Good morning, evening, afternoon, whatever time of day it is. Um, welcome to today's session of the Web3 One is to One by the Dapless. My name is Yinka, and I am your host for today's session of Web3 One is to One, where we're talking about why Web3 data is difficult to work with. And today we have with us Alex from Transpose. So, Alex, if you don't mind giving us, you know, a really quick intro about yourself, what you do, the really cool stuff Transpose is building, and uh, we'll take it from there. Sounds great. Yes. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for hosting mm -hmm. this. Um, yeah, really quick background on myself. So I am a co-founder at Transpose. Um, you know, previously I was in, you know, traditional finance, like my co-founder, Michael, um, from, from the chat yesterday. Um, and, you know, have been in crypto for quite some time, mostly on the, on the technical side, you know, doing mm -hmm. silly projects like NFT arbitrage, working on mm -hmm. APIs for accessing blockchain data, have always been really, really interested and, and the data space. Um, and, you know, I, I'm sure we'll, you know, I'll keep this short because I'm, I'm sure we'll get deeper into this, uh, into the background of Transpose. But yeah, mm -hmm. no, I started Transpose with my co-founder, Michael, um, with, the, with the simple objective of making blockchain data just very, very simple for developers to, to use and access. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for that. You know, yesterday when we were having the session with Michael and uh, we're going over like what the experience was like and what the how the idea came to, to build and solve the problem Transpose is currently solving. And one of the things that he mentioned was, you know, it wasn't particularly as random as most people would have would think or as most people stumble upon startup ideas, you could say. There wasn't this particular or special eureka moment. It was a problem that was being faced by a product you were building at the time. And that, and that is what Transpose is today. Do you want to tell us a bit more about that story, if you will? Yeah, I would love to. No, that's exactly exactly right. It was it was not circumstantial at all. Um, it was it was you know it was a very um, you know intentional uh, kind of evolution. So you know to, to back up the story a little bit, Michael and I last fall were working on this NFT metaverse project. So very you know orthogonal to what we're working on now. Um, the project was called Nifty City, and we basically had this you know pretty high level idea of of how to make, you know, this, this really loaded concept of the metaverse, super, super simple and down to earth. Um, and, you know, we, we had this great idea uh, on paper, at least. Um, and we just jumped right into it. We started building it. We had, you know, a, a ton of fun building it. Um, and, you know, as you can imagine with, with an NFT based metaverse, you know, the, you're, you're, you're heavily reliant on, on broad NFT data. So, yeah. This was this was last fall that we started it, and at the time, especially still the case now, you know, accessing NFT data was very very difficult. You know, the way you had to do it, and we'll talk uh, you know a little more about this, but the way you had to do it is by talking directly to a blockchain node and kind of iterating over every single event for the NFTs of interest, which is a very complex, low level thing that no developer who's building a high level application should ever be doing. Um, so as we kind of phased out this NFT metaverse idea for, for one reason or another, um, we realized that, you know, our biggest challenge to getting it running had been blockchain data access. It was so, so complicated to access blockchain data, you know? Um, and at the same time, uh, Michael and I were going through this accelerator, um, um, this accelerator, um, and we saw around us 
every single, uh, you know, company in our cohort going through the exact same, you know, problem. Everyone had like two or three dedicated developers, you know, with the sole focus, sole intention of kind of parsing and simplifying blockchain data at a very Mm -hmm. low level, wasting huge amounts of time, huge amounts of resources, doing all this repeated work. Um, and that just, you know, should not be the case. So that was the background, the backdrop for, for Transpose um, and is, is the exact problem we, uh, we strive to solve. Awesome. I mean, that, was, that would have been an interesting experience. Like you have, you know, so many people right in front of you trying to figure this out. And you also had that problem and were like, okay, you know what? We're either going to do something or nobody's going to do it. And you guys just like, you know, hit the ground running and you built Transpose. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So that, that's a good segue to what exactly is Transpose now? Yeah. So, so Transpose now, you know, kind of just to, you know, to, you know to, to start from where I left off is, you know, our mission, broadly speaking, is to, is, is, you know, to really simplify Web3 data access. But, you know, that's, I can imagine, a very broad, uh, you know, all-encompassing statement. Um, so what that means is, you know, at the, at the moment, we have this API suite that effectively lets you talk to, you know, Web3 data like you would a Web2 API. Um, so a really, really straightforward API that fully circumvents, you know, the need to talk into a blockchain node. So what does that mean? An example to kind of piggyback off, you know, the example I was currently using or previously using, um, NFT data. Say you wanted to pull every single time a specific wallet programmatically, programmatically pull every single time a specific wallet, you know, minted a specific, you know, NFT collection between maybe two dates. So it's like, it's, it's a very, you know, targeted query. And if you wanted to do that, the, the, the traditional way from just talking to a blockchain node, you know, you would have to, you know, access an archive node provider, which costs a lot of money. You'd have to mm-hmm. tediously understand how, like in the case of Ethereum, which transposes was, you know, is built on at the moment. Um, you have to tediously understand how the Ethereum virtual machine works at a low level um, mm. which is, you know, out of, out of the picture for a lot of developers. Um, and you have to scrape that node for the entire, you know, history of the blockchain that you're interested in and, and aggregate it, clean the data, filter the data, process the data, store the data. Um, and that's a huge amount of work. Alternatively, using transpose in a single endpoint by just specifying the date range, specifying the target wallet, specifying the target collection, and saying, oh, I only want mints, you can return all that data into your program in whatever program language you're using in a single call, in a single line of code. So um, it's just vastly more simple for developers. Awesome. Yeah, no, that is, I remember Michael talking about something similar uh, yesterday as well. I think he laid out an example of someone who, I don't know, I think they spent a decent amount of time, we'll just say, I don't know, maybe 10 hours, trying to figure this exact same thing you, you, you talked about out and then having to work with Transpose, you know, quite literally saved them like 90% of the entire time they invested in trying to figure this out by themselves yeah. and going into the blockchain and taking, yeah. working with low level data. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that a is, funny um, story of, uh, there's a funny story of one of our really, really early alpha testers. Um, he was not, you know, he did not have a web three background, no, no, no blockchain, specialized blockchain <laughs> knowledge. And, 
one of his really good friends, I'm not going to you know say any names or go into any detail, but one of his really good friends um, worked at one of the large you know NFT exchanges. And this exchange um, had just launched on Ethereum. Um, we're getting a, a bunch of pickup. And they were working on this problem of, of indexing kind of their own sales and you know adjacent uh, NFT exchange sales. And they were having, you know, a huge amount of difficulty because, I mean, they're an NFT exchange, so they're probably, you know, expected to do it themselves in-house. Um, and, you know, this, this alpha tester of ours turned to his friend who, at this NFT exchange and said, mm. you know, how should I do this? You know, we have the same issue. We also need to scrape NFT exchange data or sales data. Um, and the, the friend at the exchange turned back to him and said, oh, that's like. That's going to be like at least two to three months of work right there, you know, especially especially if you're a solo developer. Um, mm. And then he found Transpose, got it up and running in three days, two, two three mm. days, went wow. back to his friend and, and said, yeah, you know, I, I got it working perfectly. And uh, he told that story to us. And we always we always got a kick out of it. Just really <laughs> well highlighted, you know, how Transpose can be used. Yeah, exactly. That is that is that is so so profound and so significant. You know, putting into context and perspective the utility and the usefulness of of transport. That's so amazing. I mean, congratulations, you guys are doing like an amazing job. Well done. Thank you. So um, again, congratulations on your beta launch. Uh, you know, that was fairly recent. Do you want to tell us about that? Well, I'm curious that you might have had some uh, rather interesting all supposedly interesting um, challenges and maybe perhaps bottlenecks, what were some of the most interesting things you experienced while leading to the launch? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, the biggest upgrade, you know, internally, so, so for context, everyone, Transpose launched our alpha in probably May, uh, late May of this year. Um, and mm -hmm. we've been in alpha and an open alpha, free open alpha for, for about two months. Um, and we just launched our beta last week, um, which was a huge development. Um, and, you know, the biggest upgrades, I would say, probably around productionization. So, you know, this this problem of scraping blockchain data, mm. you know, has throws so many, you know, has, has so many edge cases, so many like, um, you know, complex data cleaning questions. You know, people mm. do things on chain. Um that are just like so wild. They try to break standards. <laughs> they, they just go out of bounds. Um, so making sure that when you're cleaning that data, you actually capture all those edge cases is really mm -hmm. hard. I mean, we've had edge cases in our alpha that, that, you know, when we were picking up that data and processing it, like broke our entire, you know, backend just because they were so wow. wild and we like never wow. thought they could ever happen. Um, <laughs> so really just building a resilient data pipeline that would never go down. Um, internally, at least, that was probably the biggest upgrade and the biggest mm -hmm. challenge. Um, that being said, you know, we also launched kind of this admin dashboard, a user experience, so people can sign up for Transpose, create API keys, invite their team members. Um, we launched that. We launched a new website. We, we kind of formalized our documentation and all the endpoints people could use. Um, mm -hmm. So all that came with the beta. The beta is now you know, transpose in a, in a fully production state, which is awesome to see. And there's a lot more on the horizon. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Looking forward to looking forward to all of the really, really, really cool stuff you guys are building on edge cases. I remember Michael talking about yesterday, how, um, when reading on chain data, you could see a supposed 
what should what would appear to be a token transfer, but there was no token that was actually being transferred. Or what could appear to be an NFT sale, but nothing, none of that was happening. Yeah, there, there's insane things. You know, like I, I think I overheard Michael talking about this uh, yesterday. <laughs> but yeah. um, so, so for some context, OpenSea, um, you know, for even more context, Transpose, you know, provides the most consolidated kind of view of NFT sales data, just super clean, super simple, um, standardized across 11 different Ethereum exchanges, all the big guys. Um, mm. And it's the only place you can do that simply right now. Um, mm. And Ethereum, or sorry, uh, OpenSea launched their new Seaport exchange probably a month and a half ago um, and, and testing. And, you know, the Seaport exchange, um, as opposed to the exchange they were using previously called Wyvern, um, was touted to just be, you know, so flexible. You could do things like exchange four NFTs for, you know, two different tokens or exchange like a single token, a single NFT for like a whole bunch of tokens or even exchange two NFTs, you know, for one another or like two, NFT, two NFTs for three NFTs. You know, it, it was built to be super generic and super flexible. Um, and so as you can imagine, kind of scraping that data, knowing that there are all these crazy rules was really really hard um but alas we think you know at, we thought at least at the time that we had done it successfully we were really excited we were the first people ever to provide public you know seaport data seaport sales data um and that was awesome and then yeah. as i was just talking about our entire back end went down because someone tried to use seaport as a as a deck by swapping tokens <laughs> with each other and we had not at all ever you know you know, programmed, you know, the, the, the indexer for that use case. And then, mm. and that crashed like the entire uh, indexer, which was pretty, pretty funny. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So a lot of, a lot of those. Yeah. I can imagine. And, 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 you know, I, mean, I guess there's going, there are going to be a lot more to come. So you guys are better like, you know, get ready for <laughs> so many more interesting use cases that you, you know, never really thought of. Yeah. Awesome. So, you know, with the title of the theme of today's um, session, it's uh, why Web3 data is difficult to work with. Why exactly is it difficult to work with? Now, my question is, you know, what are some of the reasons that make building in this space such a hassle? One of them, you could say, is the fact that we're still relatively early. But besides that, you know, what are some of the things that you think from your experience makes building, you know, dApps, products, protocols here in Web3, a hassle, you know, for developers? Totally, totally, totally. You know, it's a really good question. Um, you know, I think what it is, it's, it's a combination of two things. Um, and, and they're both related. You know, the first thing is that, you know, blockchain is, is, is just fundamentally difficult to work with. You know, for, mm. for people coming from Web2, and and people that don't have you know aren't, aren't technically savvy um mm. it's just there are so many you know rules and kind of reframings of the mind that are required to like properly work with web3 well, adapts and, and web3 front ends and whatnot um and, and you know blockchain technology um and it's so difficult and people know this right people know mm. this and there's been such a drive to kind of cater to to really simplifying the web3 user experience um and so like you know you have all these fantastic you know uis like like genie swaps and, and whatnot that are just so minimalistic really really simplify um you know the kind of this proliferation of, of new wallets 
uh, just really simplify the Web3 scene so that a user never really even has to know what blockchain they're interacting with. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's really beautiful. But the problem is that the infrastructure layer under the user layer or the application layer is still this like really discombobulated. It's, it's, it's mm -hmm. very complex. You know, people are, are trying to build this user, simplify this user experience faster than they're trying to simplify the actual infrastructure that's being used to power that user experience. Mm -hmm. um, so we kind of have a disconnect. Um, and the consequence of that is that, you know, if you, if you want to build a DAP, as I was previously talking about, you often have to, you know, do a lot, build a lot of the infrastructure layer yourself. And you have to do mm. a lot of that hard grunt work yourself. Yeah. You have to yeah. talk to a blockchain node. You have to do huge amounts of aggregations. You have to have a really data-heavy background. Um, and, and as a consequence, you know, the space is really closed off to either really large and competent teams or, or people that, you know, are, are, are you know, competent and, and, and like, you know, data-heavy applications mm. and, and, and building and whatnot. So, you know, that's a huge problem. Um, it was more so a problem a year ago. It's getting better every day, mm, you know, but yeah. there's, there's still there's still a bit of a rift there. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you know, like what you talked about, how it's getting better every day. Because here, you know, we've had sessions with you know really really amazing people building really cool stuff, and every single week I get to talk with people who are doing things that you know you know I think didn't exist like five, six, ten months ago, and these are things that are consistently making building in this space a lot uh, easier and accessible and less of a hassle than than you know a year ago perhaps a hundred percent so you know with all of these hassles and some have been mitigated so some of which transpose is solving some haven't been and some are still like an issue to deal with we, you know we could call them a relatively higher barrier to entry you could say so why should anyone bother right like why bother because again let's assume transpose you know isn't what it is today people will still have to i mean people will build stuff complex system will still be built regardless why should anyone bother spending you know like two months worth of development time trying to decode blockchain data or whatever it may be and still contributes to building in this space why yeah i mean you know my my, my question is or sorry my answer is is actually like kind of contrarian like i i, mm. I legitimately don't think it is worth you know, spending three months, you know, <laughs> re like reinventing a wheel, granted in, in mm -hmm. a worse way than large teams will be able to do. Uh, mm -hmm. Just, just, you know, for no point. I mean, that is fundamentally the problem. And, and without data providers to, to, you know, bring your development timeline from, from, you know, a quarter of a year down to a week, you know, it's, it's just silly. Um, and to expect anyone to build in that ecosystem in that on that landscape is, is also silly. Um, and that was the problem for a long time, but you know, alas, I, I think I think we're we're starting to do a good job at at resolving that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool, cool stuff. So, from Transpose's perspective, or you know, experience and uh, aim slash goal slash uh, you know what you your your team is doing, how do you aim to simplify this process? How do you aim to make it one less thing an engineer needs to worry about when it comes to building in this space? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, you know, kind of going back to what I said, the, 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 the beauty of Transpose and literally kind of everything we strive to do is such that um, you can talk to our data without ever having to worry about how a blockchain internally works. So mm -hmm. 
you know, if you want to lay out kind of the data pipeline for how data gets from a blockchain into a DAP, into a user experience and whatnot, you know, it very much, you know, starts on chain, some, some backend job indexes it, pulls it all, you know, or, or often just, you know, the, the pieces of data on chain of interest stores it mm -hmm. in a conventional database or, you know, cleans it and then stores it in a conventional database. Um, then a separate like backend will query that database and pull it to the front end. You know, mm. that's, it's like a five to six step process for mm. getting data from the blockchain to a user, you know, to a, to a DAP, um, which is, which is news for a lot of people. A lot of people think, you know, a, a, a DAP is fully decentralized. Reality mm. is it's 99% centralized um, yeah. and, it, and yeah. it always will yeah. be. Um, so, you know, that's the conventional way of doing it. What we strive to get done at Transpose is limit that to one step where mm. your backend can pull from Transpose without ever worrying about how the data got there, just knowing that it is accurate um, and that it's simple to work with and you can immediately build, you know, complex user experiences with it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, going when Michael went over the, you know, he sort of gave us a walkthrough yesterday, you know, can 100% say that that is exactly what it is. And, and that's actually pretty cool that anyone who wants to build stuff, you have time to focus on what you are, what you intend on building as opposed to solving the problem of how to get the data and then trying to figure out what else to build. So, yes, it's, uh, it's really cool. It's really exactly. cool. So. So, you, you, you know, one of the things you mentioned that is yeah, pretty sure I've had a conversation with someone on here is um, when you talked about dApps being, you know, 99% centralized. And so that's an interesting, uh, you could say, contradiction between what an actual decentralized ecosystem should be. And then it begs the question, right? Uh, one, do you think we'll ever reach true decentralization as a majority of the system right now, while this can be considered temporary? depends on centralized system. Do you think we will ever truly reach true decentralization? And then mm -hmm. I'll preface that, I'll follow up with another question when you know you respond to this. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah, again, you know, I, I definitely have a contrarian opinion on this one. Um, in mm -hmm. that I don't think we need true decentralization. I think, you know, a fully decentralized process is untenable in a sense that, mm -hmm. you know, it's never gonna cater itself to, you know, a good user experience. Um, and fundamentally, people at the end of the day, 99% of people only care about user experience. So if that means centralizing yeah. some aspect of, yeah. of you know, the, the application, then, mm -hmm. you know, so be it. Um, the other thing I would say is like, you know, the graph made a big attempt at decentralizing the data layer. Mm. Um, and I think, I, you know, I, I, I fundamentally disagree with that approach because it made the data so much more difficult to work with. It made it so much mm. harder for people to apply it to crazy, amazing ideas. Mm. Um, and I, I think that was a big mistake. Um, it's, it's always going to be important to decentralize the actual like settlement layer. You know, mm. if someone submits a transaction, that should be indisputable. There should never mm. be a middleman there. Um, and right. I, I also, so, you know, another, another kind of caveat of my take on this is I disagree a lot with, you know, custodial, you know, wallets and all that. The fact that there can be even be a middleman there like, mm. I, I don't, I don't support that entirely. Um, mm. But in terms of the data layer, you know, it's verifiable in so many ways that a bit of centralization to improve the user experience 
I think is is, is worthwhile. Yeah, 100%. You know, I said I was going to ask another question, but you quite literally answered that first sentence, which is, should we even bother reaching through decentralization, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, my, 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 my take is, is no. I think that's, mm-hmm. a, you know, a bottomless kind of pit of, of, you know, that we'll never actually find the bottom to. Um, mm-hmm. I think we're actually in a really good place and we're getting to a better place. Yeah, I also do think, you know, considering the fact that not a lot of people are ready to handle the responsibility of true decentralization, because if we take like the typical DAO right now, for example, as much as that could be considered what uh, the future of organizations being autonomous might be, um, not everyone actively participates. More so, not everyone is interested in actively participating. It's like, oh, okay, you guys want to do stuff. All right, cool. Go ahead. A hundred percent. Yeah, go ahead and just get it done. And uh, we will just sit back and, you know, it's cool. Because in the grand yeah. scheme of things, human nature is, there are always going to be hierarchies of uh, some form of leadership and decision making. And a flat line parallel across the board for an organization as large as, you know, what we currently have with, I don't know, maybe systems like maybe Facebook and Amazon, having a flat, flat uh, zero hierarchy structure doesn't seem very... Um, reasonable because then you are determined de- dependent on so many moving parts for decisions to be made and yeah. people have different perspectives on decisions that need to be made doesn't necessarily mean they're right and the fact that they should be given the right to vote doesn't mean they should yeah. vote <laughs> and so 100 percent. yeah no you raise yeah. a really good point i mean like even mm-hmm. even the regulatory framework that that you know we currently live in would, would never support a fully decentralized model um, mm. as we've seen with like, you know, the onion router and, you know, as, as, as kind of current decentralized attempts, you know, get closer to, you know, to that, you know, it kind of blows up in your face. Like we've seen with tornado mm. cash and, and whatnot. So mm. um, yeah, I think it's a, it's, a, it's kind of a, a lose lose situation by, by going that direction. Right. Yeah. I mean, we could also even argue if, if, some of these DAOs are as decentralized as we'd like to think, especially when token allocation, there are discrepancies between them. A lot more people technically have more tokens than others. So I think in and of itself as a term or as a concept of decentralization seemed to me to be flawed, right? And, and that obviously brings in the, 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 the conversation of who has, whoever has the most token has the most voting power. And well, doesn't sound very decentralized, right? Totally, totally. Awesome. So yeah, you know, um, this this has been you know really really insightful so far. Just a quick break, everyone. Thank you again for joining us. We are we have here Alex with us from Transpose, and we're just having a conversation, trying to get into his mind on the problem Transpose is solving, how and why they're useful in this space. And you know, he shared a couple experiences as to how they practically, they quite literally saved someone two to three months worth of development time in like five days and so that is really really cool that being said though if you have any questions if you have any suggestions things you'd like to learn more about uh please feel free to raise your hands joining on this session i'm sure alex will be more than happy to answer whatever question you might have uh even if it's not uh transpose related if you would like insight on anything in in the context of crypto nfts and and reading blockchain data please feel free to hop on, and uh, we'll be more than happy to to listen to your thoughts. Okay, so back to you, Alex. You know, you were going into the nitty gritties of getting NFT data and blockchain data, and and you did say you were going to like circle back on that. Do you want to tell us 
what 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 that is like you know heading into blockchain and reading and working with nft data yeah so that's a really good question um um you know the the hardest part about reading nft and token data and also like the most interesting part that not a lot of people appreciate is just this this idea around standards right so (laughs) you know there are probably four widely used nft and token standards or like just token standards in, in general you know three of which are actually used um for for nfts those are erc 721s and erc 1155s um mm. and for for tokens and this is at least in in the context of the evm and for tokens mm. you have erc 20s and erc triple sevens and um you know erc 777s being not often used anymore because of uh mm. Uh, some 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 reentrancy issues, but um, but you know, broadly speaking, you know these are you know Ethereum improvement you know proposals, and 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 you know they were you know introduced as kind of really really high level standards for which a smart contract must follow in order to be considered you know an NFT or 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 a fungible token or whatnot, um, and you know the way people typically, you know, offload and simplify, you know, token data or NFT data is by, you know, verifying if a specific contract kind of follows one standard or another. And Uh there are two ways to do this, right? There's there's an easy way and a hard way. The easy way is by, you know, looking at a centralized entity like, like OpenSea and seeing every single NFT collection that's been added to OpenSea and then trying to find those on chain already knowing that they are NFTs or the smart contract yeah. is an NFT. Um, so you're effectively using some, 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 you know, entity like OpenSea as a heuristic for whether some on chain, you know, smart contract is actually an NFT or not. Um, that's, that's the easy way because you don't actually have to do, you don't have to actually interrogate the contract. You already know it's an NFT. Yeah. The hard, the hard way <laughs> is, is going on chain and interrogating every contract to see what standard it abides by. Mm. Um, and, and the reason that is so hard is because people, going back to what we were talking about before, people implement these smart contracts in the, in the wildest way. Like sometimes <laughs> they only follow like half a standard. Sometimes they implement you know standards on top of it. Sometimes mm. they use what are called proxy contracts to mm. actually like put the contract that follows the standard, you know, by behind another contract. Sometimes they, I've seen a proxy contract. Um, one, one bug that blew up in our face during the alpha, someone had a proxy contract, which is like a contract that just forwards everything to another contract um, that actually changed standards. It changed from being a fungible token to an NFT, you know, just like in, in like the middle of this January. Um, mm. And that really confused our systems. I'm sure it confused uh, a lot of other systems. So really just the fact that anyone could implement these standards however they'd like. And, and it's mm. your job to figure out, you know, what standard they follow. It's a huge problem. It's a huge, it's a, it's a very difficult problem. It's a problem we were grappling with for a long time. Um, and, you know, the beauty of Transpose is we are, we are completely implementation agnostic. So we, we go the hard way. We interrogate every single contract we come across on the blockchain um, to see if it's a, 
you know, in year 20 or in year 721 or, or what have you. Um, and we bucket it, you know, correctly. Um, so by calling transpose data, you know for sure that not only are the contracts you're, 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 you know, or the data you're pulling, you know, correctly bucketed as, you know, tokens and NFTs, but also that it's 100% complete. Every mm -hmm. single token or NFT that's ever been created on, on Ethereum um, and, and very soon many other chains um, is, it has been picked up and available to you uh, on Transpose. Oh, wow. That's actually pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Uh, so relative to NFT data, how, how, because I mean, a lot of what you talked about, it, it goes to show that working with NFT data as a prosperity transpose is a bit of a pain in the ass. Um, so what about token data? Are these less of a hassle or do these come more uh, easily to, to query? Yeah, it, it's, it's honestly, they're, they're, they are very similar. Like they are, they are very, very similar. You know, ERC, 721 literally came from people using uh erc20 tokens like nfts um so they're they're very you know they're 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 a standard from the from very much the same family um mm. i forget what i think it was crypto kitties crypto kitties was like originally implemented as like half erc20 half an attempt at being erc721 granted mm. erc721 didn't exist at the time and so CryptoKitties mm. was, was very much the inspiration for the creation of that new standard. Um, so, so it, it, you know, I would say NFT data is definitely slightly harder because you're dealing mm. with like this many to one relationship or one to many relationship of, of a collection having many NFTs, mm. whereas a token contract is just a single token. Um, so definitely a little harder, but, but not much. Not much. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Thank you for that. Um, so, so really quite curious at this point is, you know, Transpose is doing, has done and is doing amazing work with simplifying, um, blockchain data from, according to the website, from NFC data to token data to ENS API and even the block API. And that is, those are really, really, really cool stuff, right? So where, is, what is the big picture for Transpose and, and what is like? the three years, five years, or maybe we could bring it down to like maybe six months and a year and a half sort of long-term vision and what should we be expecting from Transpose as time progresses? Yeah, that's a really great question. I, I love being asked that question um, mm -hmm. because, you know, for for context, what we have done so far is put out this, this core API suite that lets mm -hmm. anyone pull NFT data token data, ENS data, even like some low level data, like blocks and transactions, but it's very granular, you know, so to go, mm. to go back to that example I was giving earlier, if you wanted every single NFT sale that I bought or I was the buyer in, you know, in the month of June, 2022, you know, mm. you could do that really, really easily. And that would, mm. you know, return sometimes, you know, for, for certain wallets, of course, that would return, you know, 10 to thousand of, of, of responses. Um, and so that's really cool. But the problem is, you know, that a lot of use cases are, are still, you know, aggregates. So, um, you know, to give you an example, a lot of people or you know, a statistic a lot of people care about is something like I want a 24 hour rolling summation of NFT sales for this one collection. So every mm -hmm. like, you know, every 24 hours or every like, you know, X period of time, you snapshot 
the total amount of sales volume for that collection over the mm-hmm. last 24 hours. And if you wanted to do that with Transpose, which you very much could, you would still have to do a little bit of work. You know, you would have to pull in, you know, every X minutes, um, like the last 24 hours of NFT sales, sum it all up um, and, and, you know, get that, you know, kind of end statistic, which is, you know, pretty easy to do with Transpose, but still requires some, you know, some labor on your end. Um, and what happened was, you know, a, 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 a customer of ours came to us and kind of said, you know, I want, you know, this specific view of blockchain data. Like, I want you to index this protocol because you can, you have the capability to do so. I want you to index this protocol. So like, you know, say like, I want you to index, you know, every time an Aave loan is liquidated um, Mm -hmm. and then, and then sum up all the loan liquidations over the last 24 hours, you know, like they could do that using transpose. Well, actually not the Aave part, Um, but you know, that's a very specific view of blockchain data. Um, And then what happened was another customer came to us and asked for like the exact same view of data. Right. So we realized that, you know, all these people are coming to us and kind of looking for the same views of blockchain data and the ability mm-hmm. to create these views. Um, and so we, we quickly realized that we needed to expand the functionality of just our core API by providing the ability for people to create whatever view they want. And if someone creates, you know, a specific view, then other people should be able to access that view. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the three-year horizon or even like the, half year horizon um and hopefully the three-year horizon for transpose mm-hmm. is, is 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 this full-fledged data platform in which anyone can provide any view of blockchain data and anyone else could could gleam it anyone else could could access it so this would have the capability of indexing any protocol across chain and replacing mm-hmm. incumbents like you know the graph and whatnot it'd have the capability of you know aggregating this data in any way you know creating kind of these metrics like liquidity weighted average prices and, and replacing incumbents like, you know, CoinGecko or, or whatnot, uh, right. and really just be the ultimate data platform for high level blockchain data. So that's the, that's the, the long-term horizon. And that's where we want to mm. end up. Awesome. Cool. So when you say anyone can provide, does this mean like uh, anyone in the community could possibly come in, work with Transpose and provide like a specific set of data and every other person, the community or users or customers can then interact with that. Exactly. We provide the data and you can provide mm-hmm. the transformation. Ah, Anyone gotcha. could then access that. And then access that. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. Cool, cool, cool. Awesome. Um, yeah, I know. So again, everyone, uh, thank you again for sticking through and just hanging out with us. If you do have any questions or suggestions you'd like to come up here and just speak, we'll be more than happy to have you. It's been an amazing session so far. Um, been an amazing session chatting with Alex from Transpose. Again, please feel free to just hop on and uh, you know ask whatever questions you might have. So yeah, to get the to, you know to potentially get the gears rolling um, for for our developer community, what are some of the three critical dApps that can be built using Transpose. This could either be alpha or examples of, you know, protocols already working with uh, the data Transpose um, has. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I love talking about this because, mm-hmm. you know, the, the beauty of a Transpose or a service like Transpose is that it mm-hmm. just opens up a universe of possibilities that had to, mm-hmm. would otherwise be kind of off limits um, if mm-hmm. you were to talk 100%. directly to a node. So, you know, maybe to, to start with, 
things that you know our, some of our current customers are doing just to kind of highlight what that's like and then i can talk about you know what i, I don't think um you know people are doing enough um so some of the most exciting projects we're seeing transpose used in um everything from from web two games that are looking to you know integrate web three data so just the the ability to easily add nft assets or you know tokenized you know a, a tokenized economy to you know a web two game or just pulling mm -hmm. in data from transpose like you know seamless and it's so cool to see how quickly people can do things like that um mm -hmm. we've seen transpose data used in nft exchanges we've seen it used and and you know kind of like social web3 social media projects there's mm -hmm. you know, streams of activity and whatnot um and that's been you know just, just to see how easily people can integrate it has been very fruitful um in terms of things that i want to see transpose use more in and and broadly speaking uh, i don't think have been done enough in the space are slightly more esoteric um you know projects like fraud detection like transpose is so well suited to run like kind of analytics and models to detect fraud. Um, and I think that'd be such a great use case of the granularity mm -hmm. of transpose data. Um, and it's a really big problem in the web three. So like things like wash trading, like calculating wash trading, just, you know, by looking mm -hmm. at, you know, transpose NFT sales or deck swaps would be really, really interesting. Um, you know, there's a lot of analysis that can be done of transpose data. Um, and and I think there there is so much you know alpha to be uncovered kind of and and you know analyzing token projects just by you know kind of com combining like wash trading through across all Ethereum dexes with mm -hmm. you know how people are trading the token how like you know liquidity is evolving over time um, just so many cool things to be mixed and matched or transposed to to gleam alpha across NFT and token projects um, and I, I don't think you know, there, there's a better data provider in order to, to uncover all that. So, you know, that's, that's really where the alpha is in my opinion. No. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, you guys, you heard the folks, you heard the man. I don't know if everyone here was taking notes, but I definitely was. Those are really ridiculously good alpha. And uh, if neither one of you choose to take that up, well, we, I suppose may the fastest individual win, <laughs> but yeah, no, thank you so much for that, Alex. Of course. All right, so we are, you know, rounding up real quick, and um, it's been such an amazing session. One of the things I like to just ask everyone that comes on here, because I suppose this one tends to be more, um, you could say, personal to you, would be there must have been one question that I might have skipped or, you know, just never got around asking, but it's one of the things you are particularly excited about transpose and what you're doing and the team the mission so what is that particular thing that excites you about this product yeah that's a great question um what's one thing that excites me um that's a really good question mm -hmm. um yeah let's see i think I, I probably answered it in there so i'm trying to figure out um what what else really excites me about this space um you know one thing that I don't think it's talked about enough and that transpose was desperately trying to do um, and, and will roll out over the next three months um, is this idea of, you know, interacting with whatever chain and data from, you know, you know, data across chain using the same exact, 
you know, standardized, you know, interface. Um, and I think, you know, we've seen like data provider companies try to do this with high level data and just fail time and time again um, at, at really standardizing, you know, blockchain data across many chains. Um, so, you know, you can only access certain endpoints on some chains and you can only access, you know, NFT sales, you know, in this specific format on, on other chains. It's all very scattered and very, very difficult to work with. Um, I love being asked about how Transpose is trying to solve that problem, the, the kind of the multi-chain data standardization, standardization problem, if you will, um, because, you know, we're going multi-chain as quickly as possible. We're going to Polygon, Arbitrum, uh, you know, Optimism, um, and BSE and, and beyond um, as quickly as possible. And one of our top, top priorities in doing so is this, is, is this problem of, you know, pulling the exact same data models, the exact same endpoints, mm. um, you know, regardless of what chain you're pulling data from, as mm. if it were all just one big chain. Um, and the ability <laughs> to execute that is obviously easier said than done. But, mm. you know, if we can pull that off, I think it would just massively simplify um, kind of multi-chain application layer efforts, um, you know, much, at least, at least much more than, you know, they are at the moment. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, again, most definitely knew there was something I missed and I was going to ask on multi-chain support, but yes, you just you just answered that. I will most definitely be cool to see transpose across multiple, multiple chains and trying to solve all of the uh, almost randomness that exists in, in, in crypto and Web3 as far as like data is concerned because people are carrying out transactions on multiple chains at every single time. And so it makes sense that we just can't have our eyes solely focused on the EVM because there's an insane amount of resources that is being used in all of these um, other other chains and other ecosystem that it does make sense to involve them in this in this process. Exactly right. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. All right. Awesome. So once again, thank you so much, Alex. Uh, thank you, everyone who is in the audience, who paid attention today, who listened, who joined in, joined the DAP list to just talk about the problem transpose is solving. Um, I hope this has been um, an informative session. I've learned a ton and I look forward to working with the Transpose Data API and hopefully being able to solve some problems that currently exist in this space. Thank you so much for joining us again. Thank you, Alex, for your time. Thank you, um, Nerbrick, for you know bringing up this with the DAP list. Thank you, everyone who sat through the entire session. It's been an amazing, an amazing time. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for hosting. Thank you to the Daplist for, for having us. Um, been a been a really eventful week and, and a great uh, great talk. Um, you know, we're the Transpose team is, is always on standby. You know, mm -hmm. if you wanna, you know, play around with it, if you wanna just ask questions, if you wanna just you know chat about about the space, you know, we're we're always here. Our Discord is, is open all the time. So um, yeah, come come on by. Awesome. Yeah. So again, guys, you can follow the Transpose team. There is a card right above my, you know, my avatar's head where you can just click on it and visit the, you know, we have really interesting things lined up that you could go over. The Twitter account is there at Transpose Data. You can follow the team and learn more about what they're building. You can always reach out to Alex and, you know, just learn more about you know anything that 
you're curious about as far as transpose is concerned. So this has been Web3, one is to one by the DAP place where we're bringing an amazing, amazing set of people building really cool stuff here in crypto. And we just ask them questions, we pick their brains, we get them to explain to us the thought process behind the, process, the product they're building and the why. So thank you for joining in. It's been an amazing session. Thank you, Alex. Shout out to Michael and um, have a great weekend, guys. All right. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Yeah, bye.